Welcome to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community, a podcast that features MSP space and interviews with members of the CompTIA Managed Services Community. This special episode of Breaking Barriers is part of an interactive hallway chat. Join members of the Managed Services Community to hear tricks to automate your invoices and still make sure you get what you pay for. This episode is hosted by Charles Love and Joshua Smith of CompTIA's Managed Services Community. This hallway chat is going to be what I call very interactive. Um, If you think about a hallway chat, right, when you're at a conference, one of the best things that happen is you sit in a session and it never fails. You know, I'm one of the guys who are always getting kicked out going, you know, hey, we need to set up for the next session. Can you guys take this outside? Because typically Josh and I are sitting there talking about what we just went through. And then it turns into a lunch, and then it turns into a dinner, right, Josh? It's just a continual conversation where we just keep it going. Yeah, yeah, Charles, 100%. As uh, the hallway, in most conferences, I think some people just go for the hallway conversations themselves. A lot of people said, "Hey, you know what? You should totally do. You should take this concept of everybody talking in the hallway and bring it online. Hence, the hallway chat." Now, while we're doing this webinar, if you can, uh, we're going to use the hashtag uh, CompTIAChat19. If, if there's something that strikes you, go ahead and tweet that. We'll respond to it after the session. If a week from now you think of something, go ahead and tweet it. I'm going to keep monitoring that, that hashtag there. But this is very much interactive. Okay, Josh. Yeah, so where we want to start things off is following the money. So what we want to talk about is who looks at and approves monthly bills, because the first things first, we want to make sure that we're getting, oh, Rebecca apparently approves the monthly bills. Uh, you know, in terms of payments, tracking the payments, um, making sure that you look at all your monthly bills and that you're, this is, this is how we start to get what we pay for by seeing what we're actually paying for. Um, so Charles, I don't know, I know you've got a system uh, for for us, it was kind of uh, walking over to a, a desk that had uh, a plethora of papers on top, and uh, just starting to work our way through the pile. Um, how did how did you handle that? So we did it a couple of different ways, um, but for today, what I want to do is I want to hear what everyone else is doing, right? Um, because the, the 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 biggest the biggest issue here is those monthly bills that come in either through automatic payments or credit cards or whatever, you you typically find one or two different camps, right? The people who just kind of let it roll or the people who are really militant about, yes, I know this has come in, right? So I'm kind of in the middle, right? Some of it I'm I'm really militant about and others I'm not. I should probably be militant about it all, but I want to hear from the group. When we talk about those bills that come in, here's the question from the group. Right? How often do you actually review the bills that come in? Right? I know my credit card gets hit with you know half a bazillion different things every month, right? But do you just kind of let it go? So like that's the top one there says no one does auto pay equals okay, meaning if it hits my card, I'm just assuming it's good. Um, most of the people are saying that they review every well most of the bills monthly. We get some quarterly. I don't see any yearly. When I remember, uh, and then we have a couple of not my roles. So it seems, oh, good, they're still popping in. So it seems to me monthly seems to be the good one. So let's talk about that. 
Now, I would like somebody – see where it says I want to share something? If you have a killer system about checking those bills, like, I don't know, do you use – 365 has this cool flow feature, right? I think it's flow. Um, or, like, if then, then that. Like, if a bill comes in, I don't know, it auto-prints to the printer or it goes to a mailbox, it dings something. What is your method? So if somebody can take their pointer and go click by the cloud, and then we'll unmute you. We want to hear your method on how you accomplish this goal. Yeah, and I think yearly isn't all that popular because I feel like most of us, when we're, when we're dealing with vendors, are using uh, kind of monthly billing. So if you only looked at your monthly bills once a year, that's <laughs> that, that could not be good. So let's see. So I see Vince is on here. I want to hear how he tracks his bills. So my experience over uh, like the 16, 17 years is that these bills are always wrong, always. And so uh, in our company, we have we use an uh, accounts payable AP at anchornetworksolutions.com mailbox. All invoices go there. Um, and our accounting person and myself, we kind of split up. I, I handle the big invoice, which is a data invoice. But um, every single invoice every month, we we reconcile for monthly services. So um, we just manually go down and we often will keep a spreadsheet um, nearby as to what it should be. And it's laborious and a pain in the neck. I, I have found hundreds, if not thousands of dollars over time with that. The only exception to the one we no longer do manually would be Office 365 as we have integration from uh, PAX 8 directly into our PSA, and the billing happens automatically. So now, Vince, are you able to take a look at every bill that comes in and say, I know exactly what that's for? Yes. Um, and I think that's the, uh, crucial for every MSP. Like, you have to do this, or you will burn hundreds, if not thousands. So let me give you an example real quick. In, in September, we migrated from using uh, buying Office 365 from Cynix through PAC to PAX 8. Um, and with, with all of the promise of that we will stay at the 16% margin that Cynix sells. Well, why is it then on my P&L that all of a sudden I'm at 10 or 11% and reviewing the invoices, it was very clear that they overlapped their services to us. So you have to review it and catch things like that. I could call out almost every vendor. Rapid fire tools can't get their billing right. And we uh, have had to have so many things uh, fixed regularly, whether it's a percentage of discount, whether it's double billing, you name it. Um, and it you just have to review it line by line every month. Perfect. Uh, and does anyone else, thank you, uh, Vince, I really appreciate that. Uh, does anyone else have a cool system they want to share? You can either bring it up in chat or move your mouse over to uh, the I want to share something and we'll go ahead and unmute you. Or maybe a system you'd like to leverage or you've yeah. heard other people leverage or feel free to share your shame like like I feel like I do most most of these calls. I mean, I'm I'm here, right? And I've only been here a couple of months. They hand me bills all the time that says, What's this for? I have no idea, right? But we're putting in the system, so now I have to track vendors and POs and I actually have to approve invoices going forward now. Right. So they don't auto I mean if it auto pays, it auto pays, right? But I still have to hit a rubber stamp inside of Sage and say, yes, this is good, or no, this is not good, we need to call that vendor. 
right. So we have a question coming in. Let's see. How do you get a more detailed invoice if you think they may be doing a service overlap? That's a really good question. Um, can we unmute Pamela? Yeah, so one of our uh, vendors, they, um, they provide all of our backups. And I have had, they've changed their invoices on me in the last year. They've changed the, the look of their invoices three or four times. And no matter how I try to audit them, it seems like they never know what service dates like how they're doing their service dates. So sometimes it'll say like from December 10th to January 9th, and other times it'll say from January 9th to February 11th. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes it's a couple of days, sometimes it's 30 days, sometimes it's like the exact date every month. Like it's, it's a mess. And so I've asked them to, um, you know, to help me determine their service dates. And anytime I talk to someone, they change their story. <laughs> so some people say that it's exactly 28 days. Some people say that it um, goes from the 10th of the month to the 9th of the next month. Um, it's, it's different every time. And so my question is, is how, do you, how do you go about getting a more detailed response like invoice from people if they continue to change. I mean, their their services are great. It's just the accounting side that I'm really having issues with. Josh, any uh, recommendations? Yeah, I would say time to escalate. I would say you need to start asking for someone higher up to discuss this with and get this stuff in writing so that you have paper to go back and, and talk with them and also maybe leaning on your your account rep as well. I don't know how much leverage you have with them, but pretty much saying that if I don't understand what I'm being charged, I cannot charge my clients accordingly and then collect the money to pay you correctly. So, you know, you, you couldn't tell them that you're endangering, or they're endangering your bottom line by not being clear and forthright with you because you, you let them know that if I try to pass this along to my clients, they'd laugh at me and not pay the bill. So why should I not do the same? Uh, one thing I've learned from being now on the vendor side is it's okay to play a little rough with them, right? They, they get beat up plenty of times and you, you are on the front line, so you are the one being left to, to, to hold the bag if this doesn't all come out straight. And you know, be demanding, let them know that you want a detailed invoice, let them know that you wanna to talk to a manager to get these straight answers because there shouldn't be any confusion in an invoice. You should know exactly what your company's paying for and, and when it's expected to be paid. So I, I would say a little tough love might be in order. Steve Alexander, who runs MSP Ignite um, Peer Groups, which some of you know, I, I know that some of you know, um, but he sent over a note that said those that he sees that don't have an ongoing approval process end up getting buried and having to play catch up, and getting into that mode leads to confusion and delays. Um, and I would imagine that goes both towards billing your customers and towards paying your vendors. And any combination of those things could lead to all kinds of problems, I would imagine, because if your vendor turns off services that then get turned off to your clients, now you've got upset clients, and what they don't want to hear is, oh, yeah, I forgot to pay my bill. That's not going to go over really well. And I think I think Vince has his hand raised. Vince, do you want to jump in there? Well, just, yeah, I understand the, <clears throat> the issue that she's having, and, you know, what you said, Josh, tough love, for sure. If it's, I guess it depends on the situation, too, so... Um, you know, I know with Datto, if I bring something online, you know, they have a set monthly service schedule. 
But then on top of that, if you bring on a new client mid-month, it's going to get prorated. But there's absolutely no reason why whatever vendor you're using can't give you um, a set range of dates. Here's our service dates. So I, I know with uh, what one vendor, if we add a a license uh, before the 27th, it it, uh, it usually doesn't count. They they take their inventory like after the 27th or on a certain day. Or if you get rid of one, for example, before the 27th, I think is the better way to put it, then the get taken on the 27th, and that's what I get billed for. I think it's important to find that out for each of the monthly services you use. And I just can't emphasize enough how you, unfortunately, got to scrutinize each bill ridiculously. So in the essence of time, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put a pin in this one, because um, otherwise there's going to be a three-hour hallway chat. <laughs> uh, so the next one, this, this one is one of my favorites. I want to hear from you guys. How do you track if you were invoiced or not, right? I've heard of some people having a tracking sheet. I've heard of some people using third-party software, memory, ESP, smoke signals, whatever it is. How do you guys know or how do you guys track if you were not invoiced or if you were invoiced, right? So while you guys start clicking, I'll give you an example. Um, we had a vendor when I first got here, uh, and they said, oh, like I got this bill that was like for six months of service, right? And nobody realized that they weren't uh, charging us. And they said, oh, no, but you owe that money. So now all of a sudden we get this gigantic six-month invoice, right? And that just murders cash flow. So I want to hear from you guys. How do you prevent that from happening? So a couple of I really should track that. Accounting tracks that. Fair enough. So not my roles. Lisa says, I have no idea. Um, let's see. Does anybody want to, like, talk if, if accounting tracks that really, like, who tracks it on this call? Just give me, give me a method. So what I'll tell you what I've done is we use, we've moved to a new accounting package, right? And I have this whole approvals thing. And what I do, this is me, I'm not saying this is perfect, I'm just telling you what I do, is I have an Excel, it's kind of weird, but I have an Excel sheet that tells me what I should be doing, right, so that when I get that bill from that vendor, I can go, it matches as last month, I know I haven't made any changes, we're good to go, it also falls into my audit process. But all of a sudden, if my numbers are off for some screwy reason, that's a good trigger for me to go investigate. Um, we're working to put all, you know, workflow in, but... You know, again, that's how we do it. I want to hear how you guys do it because I'm not here to tell you how to do things. Hold on, do we have anybody? We do, Ken. Let's go ahead and unmute Ken. Our accounting department gets all the bills and they and they spread those out departmentally based on what they believe. And we were given about a, the week before we're going to close out the month's business. We get a little sheet that just lists every department underneath that particular org structure. And you've got like 72 hours to review everything. And we go through that. And typically you can see your up downs has got trending built in. It's uh, yeah. very elaborate, but yet, unfortunately, an Excel spreadsheet. But it's a very highly advanced Excel spreadsheet. But you can immediately see if somebody didn't bill you, then suddenly, you know, you're, you'll show a surplus or a, an excessive amount of spending in a particular category. And you can then investigate it fairly simply from that point. But it's just Excel. But we got a super geek on the team that's in Excel, can do anything with Excel. 
That's a that's a good idea. So uh, I didn't think about a trend, right? So that's that's yeah. a little nugget I'm going to take away from here. Um, Every year when we do when we do budgets and stuff too, you you set everything yeah. out for the entire year, and that's logged with the county, and it shows you what you should be for year to date, where you actually are at variances and. If it's above a certain dollar threshold or a certain percentage and so forth, you've got to have a conversation with your VP or higher to explain why. No, yeah, that's actually a good one. Um, and for those who really want to kind of take this further, uh, there's something called Tableau. Um, and we'll link that afterwards. If you tweet me with the hashtag of CompTIAChat19, I'll link it to you. It's kind of like an online version that you could do all kinds of crazy stuff with. So I may be taking this one step further with that. <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, now, Ben is asking, uh, are we talking about recurring chargers or one-time invoices or all? I would say all, right? Uh, the one-times are going to be kind of rough, right? If you, buy a, if you buy something for a year, let's say, to, to save on money. Um, there, there should be something in play that you guys are doing to say, all right, this time next year, I should be seeing this invoice. Um, but definitely just having something, even if it's just more of a CYA document to go, I should be paying this vendor this and this vendor this. And last month it was that. I think it's a good way to be a steward. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, for your clients, you're, you're, what you're monitoring their, their network traffic, both in and out. I think you should be monitoring the same for your monies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, does anybody else have any any neat little tips uh, about how to track your not invoice? So, like in my situation where we weren't charged for six months, and at the time we didn't have a process in place to go, hey, wait a minute, we didn't pay said vendor. So come asking for that oh, money sooner or later. Vince, Vince wants to chat, so let's go ahead and unmute Vince. Well, I, I'm just thinking if, if you're updating and reviewing your P&L and all of your cost of goods sold in inventory. And you see that your VoIP phone bill is zero one month, and it's normally 500, and it's a thousand the next. You know you can get billed one month. And so, if all else fails, as a as a you know CEO or whatever level you're at, whatever you're doing, if you're reviewing your P&L and looking at your numbers, you're going to see real quickly that you didn't get billed for something, and then you can keep that vendor from sending you a bill six months later for things. Yeah. So. What is this P&L you speak of? <laughs> Well, your profit and loss statement, which no, everyone is monthly, monthly, right? Hopefully. Yes. Have all your cost of goods sold items on there for things included in your offerings from vendors. It should have your overhead expenses, right? All of that, whether it's Sage or QuickBooks, you should be able to run it from there. For sure. So that's another another good one that I've done is the uh, from there is the, the vendor fee, right? You get, We've exported out the how much we pay certain vendors. And if all of a sudden that one vendor is a zero, and I know it shouldn't be a zero, that's another indicator there. It's, so Reviewing the P&L is just a good exercise all the way around of one, knowing where your costs are, your expenses, your profitability, and oh, by the way, you see this as well. I mean, it, it's so all encompassing of what it gives you. It's, I mean, it's not just like an absolute must to understand where you're at. And uh, Robert down the, the Q&A section is mentioning how vendors put a lot of stuff in their, their terms to cover their butts if they forget to to bill you, but then limit your ability to correct your billing as well. So if the vendors are covering their, their uh, CYAs, 
uh, you know, this is a way for you to do the same. Absolutely. If you'd like to be part of a future managed services community hallway chat, sign up for CompTIA Premier Membership. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that, when leveraged, result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org slash register. All right. So those agreements you have, do they renew? Oh, yes. The, the tricky auto renewal. So when you're looking at your agreements, how are you tracking them with in terms of renewals, right? Do you know when your next annual renewal is? Do you, do you know if they're month to month? Do you know what happens when your agreements are ending? So with your agreements, you know, do they renew and how are they renewing and how are you tracking those? Yeah, so just to kind of add this, it's not necessarily how do you track your customer agreements. It's how to track those vendor agreements, right? So back in the day, I missed it by a month. Next thing you know, I auto signed up for another three years of the T1 line, right? Um, like how do, you, how do you keep track? I know how I keep track nowadays, right, through configuration and through automation. But uh, uh, I want to hear how you guys do it. Is it, who knows, is it a calendar appointment? Is it, are you writing on the door? You know, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I think I got bit by that once for an annual renewal from a tool that I signed up for and then used a couple times and then just put it away in the virtual virtual desk. And yep. then all of a sudden I got the notice, hey, you're, you know, you've renewed. Um, so I got bit by that once and then from then on, yep, everything was becoming a ConnectWise configuration with a, with a, yeah. a, a 60, 45, 15 notice. Because sometimes also they'll require, if you're not going to renew, <laughs> these guys are sneaky, sometimes they'll require like a 30-day notice for you to yeah. not renew. So they, some, some vendors, they really make it hard to stop a renewal. So you have to work a little harder to stay on top of them. So for, for those who are saying from memory, um, you know, I, I just one thing we had talked about is configurations. A really good way to track those renewals with those vendors, uh, and this is actually going to lead into our next question, is, you know, if you're going to sign up for them for a year, you know, what are the benefits and perks of that year, right? And do you need to renegotiate year two, or does it just evergreen into another same rate, same everything, here we go, but maybe you're overspending, maybe you're underspending, maybe you could raise the rate, maybe you can lower the rate. There's all kinds of things you can, you can negotiate at renewal time. Right? So, so uh, we got four people in the accounting track set. Do you have, uh, can you just jump in real quick, raise your hand uh, if you're interested in letting us know how accounting is tracking these things? Because, you know, we all do it different ways. Some of us do it versus, you know, via a massive Excel doc, no shame in that. Um, some of us use our PSAs, some of us use physical calendars. You know, does anyone want to talk about how they're tracking that to make sure that they don't get caught? Because, again, not all contracts create equal. Like I said, sometimes you have to, you know, send in a letter uh, on, on physical paper saying you don't want to renew 30 days ahead of time. All right, Kay, Kay Rubin has, uh, wants to jump in here. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, so what we do uh, on our PSA software, we do, I, I think Josh mentioned, uh, track them via configurations, and we set, we set typically 90-day no notices and reminders for auto automated emails um, with canned information um, to serve up the <clears throat> agreement information as well as the reminders to the accounting team to saying, hey, this is coming up soon. Um, 
what what are you going to do? So expirations are also um, set in those. Yeah, and I used to do, and this is what I did for Josh too, because we used to work together. Um, I set up the 30, 60, 90 day rule, right? So that uh, 90 days out, it goes, hey, you just heads up, now's probably a good time to contact that vendor, right? 60 days, it jokingly said, yeah, you probably forgot to contact the vendor, but you really need to do it now. And then the 30-day notice pretty much said, hey, you probably lost that window. Um, because if you haven't renewed, it's still going to alert you, right? And at this point, it's sending your team notices, hey, now's a good time to fix this. Now's a good time to fix this. Um, it's really important not only to track your own agreements, but those, those things where you may be able to get a better price. Because maybe when you signed up, you were very, you know, very cautious. I only want to sign up for 100 assets, even though I have 300, right? But maybe now because you've deployed 600, you get way better pricing. So why not contact those guys? You know what I mean? And to kind of piggyback on that real quick, Charles, again, some new wisdom I now have as a vendor, you know, everyone has quotas and everyone has fiscal years that don't always match up to calendar year. So maybe finding out when your rep's fiscal quarter ends and maybe if your renewal is coming up a month after that, maybe talk about what kind of deal they can get you if you renew a month early. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome advice. We also have a question here in the Q&A, guys, that says, what PSAs are people using for this form of automation? I mean, like Charles said, uh, we use ConnectWise. But I think, Charles, you're on Autotask now, right? Yeah, so we're on Autotask now. It's kind of funny because when I created – this is I've ConnectWise many years – I actually, what I did is I created a configuration item and I called it phone vendor, internet vendor, right? X vendor, whatever it is. And then I put an expiration date in there. And then I created a workflow that says, hey, when the expiration date becomes that 30, 60, 90, do these cool triggers. Well, the fun part is when I first got here, I did this because it was important to me. And people kept coming in saying, hey, what's a ConnectWise robot? And I'm like, oh, that's the automation I put in. I call it ConnectWise robot. I've been doing that for 10 years. And they're like, what's a ConnectWise, right? Because we're on <laughs> right? It's, just, it's so burned into your brain, but it doesn't matter. As long as your PSA can tie dates and have triggers based on dates, you can do it that way, or you can do a calendar. You can do whatever you like. Yeah. Is, is anyone else yeah. doing it a different way? Looks like Ben, maybe? We used to use SharePoint um, workflows, which worked okay. Um, but ServiceNow actually has a really nice um, purchasing and contract tool that you can set yeah. up and associate with assets so that it can remind you, like you said, the 30-60-90-day reminder, which will go to obviously a generic mailbox with a bunch of people in it, but in case somebody's on vacation. But, um, yeah, we're, we're using ServiceNow. It's actually pretty nice. It's not the cheapest thing, but pretty nice for sure i actually tag mine to a team's channel right so when contracts start renewing it pops in a specific team's channel called contracts so it's just a you know another thing uh to let my team know hey we should probably do something oh let's unmute ken just to check on them actually i just with the finance team they didn't really have a category the finance team does some some tracking it's built into our pnl sheet we get the once a month and it shows when the renewals are supposed to be too, but I always just 
created a calendar reminder that started 90, 60, 30, et cetera. And I, I do quarterly vendor reviews just to see how they're performing. Perfect. And I just calendar invite to myself. I put in a link to the Word doc specific to that vendor because that's ammunition in case they're kind of underperforming in an area. You can use that as part of the co- contract negotiations. Absolutely. At the 90-day mark. I go out and look at, uh, you know, basically the three the three strongest competitors in the same instance, and I let them know that I'm shopping them, and I go and ask for money off. Ken, you're brutal. I love it. Uh, it works nine out of ten times. They'll just, they'll just <laughs> throw money. Literally, it's, it's almost it's almost a given. You're going to get twenty percent. Thanks, Ken. So this is one I think Josh and I are going to kind of work together on. Oh yeah. Um, this is kind of like the pillar, the reason for the webinar, right? It's the how do you know what you're entitled to, what level you're at, like how do you track, like how do you know? So, for example, um, you're currently at a specific partner level. Well, what if that vendor has training that you can take that um, if you take said training, you actually get better pricing, Right? Or maybe if you do something else, you get a better pricing tier. How do you know if that vendor gives you NFR use or maybe uh, marketing funds, something like that? Uh, I'll tell you just another personal experience. Um, I'd, so with 365, right, you, when you become a partner and you have a certain level, you're entitled to a certain number of licenses. Well, I didn't <laughs> – I just thought it was magical, like the – the universe just assigns the licenses to me. I didn't know you actually had to go into the portal and do something, like take them, right? That's me because I'm new to 365. But I want to hear, and you know, we all want to hear, how do you guys track your benefits? And while you guys arrow out, I'll give you another real simple example. A lot of people don't realize that as part of the CompTIA like, membership, there's all kinds of cool benefits, right? Um, and Lisa will probably help me out here, but I want to say there's, there's the training, the, the reports. You want to explain the reports, Lisa? Cause I always mess that one up. I sure will. And I know there's some people who feel like research is uh, just more words on a page and I don't really want to look at it. And then we've got members who absolutely love it and they find it invaluable. Um, and this is a benefit that goes to our solution provider members, as well as our vendor members, associate distributor members, Um, but there are a lot of the CompTIA research reports which you can go in and download and co-label. So it's co-branded CompTIA and your organization. So if you're using some of that in a presentation or a presentation to clients or prospects, just think about kind of what that says about who you are and participating in a vendor-neutral um, you know, research is not paid for. It is it is truly industry um, open, and a lot of people just don't even know that that's an option there. Another benefit, and this is going to be a shameless plug for CCF, if you are a premier vendor, you do not have to pay to attend our events other than you've got to get yourself there, pay for your T&E, um, and then, but you don't have to pay at the door. There isn't a registration fee, none of that. That's also another vendor or another uh benefit that's there. And I could go on and on and on and on, but I'm going to be quiet now. So all of you can talk about your benefits that um, you get from your vendors. But I would also encourage all of our vendors that we've got on there, let's talk about the partners who aren't using their benefits 
and see if we can't find ways that you can help encourage your partners and what would be a better route to doing that because I think that would be helpful as well. Okay, I'm done now. Sorry. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa's down off the soapbox. No, no worries. So, like, uh, I, I love seeing the I chat with as somebody who was at a vendor you didn't know for a short time. I, I chat with my vendor monthly. It's awesome. There are vendors that I deal with on a monthly basis through text message, Facebook, whatever. Um, for those people who I probably should, a little advice would be definitely pick up that phone, especially if it's one of your top-tier vendors. Um, like, you should be, I'm not going to say best buds with them, but you should be having a call to go, hey, what am I entitled to? I, I want to make sure I'm using the full extent of the ecosystem that's provided to me. Um, Josh, anything to add to that before we open it up to people? Uh, I mean, I, was, I, I did feel like when we were working together, you were you were on the phone a lot and Facebook buddies with most of our most <laughs> of our sales reps, and it paid dividends. So I'd say when he's saying be buds, it, it's it's being likable. Just like you know, you're friendly with your with your customers and clients. They want to work with people they like. Same with the vendor reps, because again, they're getting hammered day in and day out by people that are pissed. So if you show you know if you show them a little bit of a, a little bit of sugar, they they will return the favor if if not inside information, maybe hey oh you know keep an eye out for this, maybe send you some swag or just just being overall just giving you any opportunities to to get a little ahead with that vendor as much as you can. I'm not saying being fake. I'm just saying be a little friendly. It can go a long way. So let's see who wants to talk about how they know what they're entitled to. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely know that. The training thing is huge. Get, getting a couple extra points, I mean, you know, over over a year. I mean, that's you're talking tens tens of thousands yeah. of dollars, really, that you could, you could be leaving on the table if you're not taking advantage of your partnership. Yeah, and this question kind of syncs up to the other one. So there's going to be there's a couple of vendors who I definitely call on a schedule, right? Um, and I'll go, hey, you know, I know you guys acquired so and so, or did you did this? Um, what am I not using? Take a look at my invoice for me. Please tell me what I'm not using that I should, right? And a lot of times that vendor will say, oh, my Lord, you should, you should be checking this out. You should be checking this out. And, hey, if you check this out, I can discount that. I mean, there's all kinds of cool little things that some of the vendors can do. If you don't know it exists, you'll never leverage it, right? It's kind of like so, that weird trap. Yeah. I was going to say, also feel free to raise your hand or put your arrow in and want to share something. If you lately discovered a benefit that you wish you had known about for a while, like for me, that was the Microsoft Action Pack, where you get pretty much every license under the sun that Microsoft provides for internal use. So every time that we've you know paid for our own Windows license, I'm now kicking myself uh, for not doing this you know years and years ago. Well, and while they do that, I'll give you just another thing. We want to hold a customer event. So I reached out to, I just made three phone calls. Hey, we're doing a customer event. Do you, do you guys have any kind of like, I don't know, budget for that or swag or something like that? I got three yeses right out the gate. Oh, totally. It was either we'll send you bags or things to give away or, hey, what if we helped with your presentation, right? They're there because if, if they can help us succeed, that means I'll buy more of their stuff. Right, so it's a win for them. So I'm going to jump in again here. Um, sorry, guys, while, while we're doing this. But one of the things I have also heard from MSPs and, and other types of solution providers is, okay, I've got 38 vendors. 
I can't be best buds with all of them. I can't manage all of them. I can't even keep up with all of their emails. Um, so how do you decide, um, you know, and we'd love to hear from anyone here or the two of you, because you guys have both done this, and, and for more than a year or two, I would love to hear personally as well. Um, how do you decide which ones? Do you take your top five vendors? Do you take the ones you're focusing on? Do you take your highest margin vendors? How do you decide where you go create those relationships? John, I have my way, and I'm sure Vince has his way, but I want to hear your way, Josh. Uh, you know, I, I think it's probably the one that we're doing the most revenue with, would, 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 would have been my answer, you know, when I was on the MSP side, and then also newest. So I would say kind of take on as much as you can until you can't, but I think, sh you know, spread it around. I don't think there's any reason, you know, you should, you should leverage, I think, your team, right? So I wouldn't expect Charles to, you know, handle every single vendor that we leverage because, man, you know, when you're, when you're doing like a pure services MSP, you're going to have a lot of different vendors. So, you know, why not, why not hand off those vendors to a couple of your team members and, and they can focus on building that relationship as well? See, I'll, I'll agree with you on that, but I'll say it's the ones that make my team look like rock stars, <laughs> right? There's a vendor where we just simply pay $100 a month to, but boy, it's one of the best vendors there are, and they make my guys look like rock stars, and I pay so much attention to them just because they help my guys. I agree with you. It's that those top-tier vendors, typically the ones that, you know, carry the most weight, so to speak. Uh, for me, it's you know it's typical backup RMM, uh, PSA, those kind of those kind of works and assessments, things like that. But I want my my teams to be rock stars, right? That's the goal. Got it, got it. Okay, so and I, I have a question for anybody, any of our MSPs or solution providers on here. Um, do we have anyone from kind of the sales side? Is there someone who's got that kind of sales mentality of this particular vendor is the one I pay a lot of attention to. Um, and then I would love to hear why. Do we have someone who's willing to share that? Uh, I, I will say that, again, now being on the vendor side, I'm amazed at how far we will go for a partner to make to make a sale. So even, even engaging your sales team, to, your vendor sales team to do some of the legwork for you, some of these RFPs, we're doing, we're bending over backwards for the people, and it's the ones that ask. So I think, ask, be, be greedy, you know, lean on your vendor, make them do more work for you, because there's other people out there doing it and making money off, off pushing their vendors, not to the breaking point, just shy of that, because you know we're still people. But I think don't be afraid to to ask for more. That's that's my biggest takeaway when when dealing now with vendors. Is, is don't be afraid to ask for more. And you don't know what that is unless you know the benefits. So don't be afraid to ask questions, to say like, hey, is, you know, is there some sort of, like, like Charles was saying, he, he just reached out. He just reached out to those, to those vendors and they said, oh yeah, yeah, we can provide you stuff for these events. But he never would have known if he hadn't act because sometimes the partner portals, they suck. They don't give you all the details or they're horribly organized. So call whomever and find out how they can help you push their product, sell their product, make, make your customers more happy. And, and just to kind of put a pin on this whole webinar here, um, in a one-hour form, it is so hard to get, like, a lot of conversations going. So if, if you think of something, like I said in the beginning, 
Use the hashtag CompiaChat19. I'm going to monitor that with my feed. Uh, if you have a question, go ahead and, and tweet it to that, and Josh and I and everybody else will respond. Um, you know, if you want to see other types of hallway chats or you want to expand into a certain element or you actually want to be a host of one of these, definitely use that let me know. I think that wraps it up, and we are just at the top of the hour. So thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community. You can find more episodes and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.